Voices of Hope is the podcast of New Hope Presbyterian Church of Castle Rock, Colorado. New Hope is a church that puts people first. You can listen to our sermons and podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and any other popular podcast platforms. This week, Pastor Russ brings us a sermon called Unstuck. It comes from Luke chapter 2, verses 28 through 34. Talk this morning about a theme that I want to work on that we've been kind of rumbling around. And when Jordan said, Boy, tag, you're it. I thought, Okay. I got, a, I got a theme I've been working on. So, and it has to do with feeling stuck. And it has to do with feeling stuck because we're waiting. And in that waiting, if you wait long enough, we get kind of erratic, don't we? Yeah, underneath this is, when are things going to get better? When are things going to get better? When are are things going to finally change? And I'm wondering, what are you waiting for? And how many times have you had to use words like postpone again? Or reschedule again? Or put on hold again? How many times are we doing that? And after a while, there's this underlying question that comes is, when is something going to change? When are things going to get better? Some of that's just seasonal. Some of that's seasonal because we are in the time of year when that kind of question comes up in the human soul in the northern hemisphere. We are coming up this week on midwinter. It is the halfway point between when winter started just before Christmas and when it will begin in the middle and towards the end of March. We're right about in the middle and that has always been a time when people have had to kind of take bearings and they're tired of waiting and they're looking for signs and they want to know. Uh, Maybe the most famous one, of course, is Groundhog's Day. That's this Wednesday. That's a mid-winter celebration. It is a goofy kind of thing that is born when people are tired of waiting and they're looking for signs and when are things going to change? This is an old, old tradition. This goes back longer than, than Pennsylvania and Puxitani Phil. This goes back into Europe. This goes back into the Roman times when what it used to be was a hedgehog day. Hedgehogs, and it used to be at nighttime. Rather than waiting for the sun to come up and to see if there was a shadow, they would wait for the moon to come out and they would look, and then the hedgehog, and the same thing, when they saw the shadow, then it meant winter was going to go longer. If it wasn't, then it was going to stop and spring was going to begin. We don't have hedgehogs, so when, it, when that tradition came here, we, we picked on groundhogs. If, we're in, if we are in Alaska, we're using marmots for the same thing. It, it gets, we do, there's strange behavior this time of year. That's what happens when we're waiting and we just are looking for any kind of sign. There is, in, in, in Eastern Europe, uh, they do it with bears. The idea is that the bear has been hibernating, wakes up on this day, goes out. If it sees its shadow, it gets scared, goes back and takes a longer nap because winter is still there. It's called, the title of it, it's a name I'm not even sure how to pronounce, but it's something like srintage. And, um, and, and I don't know all what it means, but given that who's out there looking at bears while they're hibernating, that can't be a tradition that, that has a lot of sustainability to it so my guess is it that it loosely translates into something like what were we thinking which you know kind of translates a lot of a lot of the things that we do around this time of year and all the different strange things that happen this time of year uh, some of them are in less in more warmer climates are, are less severe uh, if we were in France it would be crepe day 
and the state. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's hear it for France and, and crepes. Uh, and, and the idea is on crepe day, literally it says it's on this day. This day we find out whether winter is going to be over or whether it's going to strengthen you know, and in either case, hey, let's have crepes. And that, that seems familiar. That seems lovely. All of these things are, are ways of just the strange behavior of watching, watching for something. What's, what's going to change? And how do we read the signs? How will we know? When we lived in Washington, uh, Leanne and I and our family, and we had moved from California, Southern California, and we had moved to Central Washington, where they have real winter. I mean, it sets in in November, and it doesn't break until late February, early March. And we got through okay the first year, but the second year, there was something that just kind of got nutty. And we just said, that's it. And we conspired with a couple neighbors, and we created a holiday that we celebrated. We created what's called Winter Defiance. And we just said, winter's over. We don't care what the weather is. And we would have people come over, and you had to wear your beach clothes, your Hawaiian shirts, your flip-flops, your shorts. Didn't matter if it was 10 below zero. You came, because we had just declared winter was over. And all these adults who are coming, and I pulled out every youth ministry game I could think of that I had ever done and adapted it, and it, it was just kind of crazy. And somewhere there are pictures, and I'm so glad that Facebook wasn't there and social media wasn't around. <laughs> you know, there, there, are, there are grown women with toilet plungers as scepters, and they're being pulled by four husky guys on, across the snow in Hawaiian shirts and flip-flops, and you know, strange behavior. That's all we can say, right? It's just things that wouldn't make sense any other time. You, you know, srentage. You know, what were we thinking? Well, that's what we were thinking. It's, we're anxious for something to change. Sometimes it goes, beyond, it goes beyond just the season, though. Sometimes it gets to underneath the seasonal anxieties. It's just the human anxieties. Beyond the news cycles, it gets into just the rumbling of my own soul and strikes a deeper chord about when are things going to change. And that's why I think the movie Groundhog's Day is so popular, because it's a goofy movie about a pretty serious kind of condition where a person finds themselves stuck. They're stuck in the same day over and over again. And they use Groundhog's Day as the backdrop to talk about a human condition that happens anywhere when it feels like nothing ever changes. And it goes again and again and again. And we find out pretty quickly it's not the calendar it's stuck, it's the main character is stuck and stuck with himself. And the rest of the movie is about getting unstuck. And how does that happen? This is a season that can be goofy, but underneath it is a serious question about how do we get unstuck? The early church, the early church, the ancient church had a way of taking the seasons and the holidays of the time and then bringing and overlaying on top of that the church year calendar and the stories of Jesus so that it would honor the yearning that was there and help reframe it and give it new meaning and new direction. We, we know that we do that with Christmas at the beginning of winter. We know Easter with spring. We know Pentecost and first fruits and, and all those. But one of them that we don't know as much about is what they did this time of year. In midwinter was a, um, a celebration called Candlemas. 
And Candlemas had the same idea. It was to take what, an old tradition that extended well beyond, well beyond the church. And it was an ancient of people coming and lighting candles and watching and waiting for something and signs to change and what was going to happen that day. And they, they had this service where people would in fact now come and light candles. But then, then there would be a story. And the story that they chose to tell was about watching and waiting. And it was about change because that's what we're looking for and embedded in this is this is this notion that the real key to change the only change that truly matters for most of us at one point is the change that begins in you it's one thing to look out our window it's one thing to watch the news it's one thing to look at everybody else and wonder when is everything else going to change candle mass grounds that in this time when we're anxious about it and says but listen the change the real change that needs to happen needs to begin in you and rather than simply wait for the signs around us to change it begins to encourage the change within us and it does with a story the reading we just heard out of Luke 2. And in this cycle of doing what parents would always do, and they would bring their child to the temple, in this, in this story of people who were waiting some, their entire adult life and waiting and generations that are waiting for something to change, God shows up and signals a change. It is the, the story of Mary and Joseph and bringing their child, Jesus. And it was <clears throat> this phrase to set him aside as holy. Hang on to that because that's going to be key. That Jesus comes and breaks this life. This child is the one who's going to break the cycle. This child is not going to just take us around one more cycle. But this is going to change it and offer a real, a real different orientation and a different trajectory for the entire world. Something was going to change. And because as all of these services and all of these times, as all of us in worship, it's not just about reading what happened to Jesus. We look into the life, the teachings, the ministry of Jesus in terms of what is going to happen with us. We are always encouraged to not just be spectators of a story, but to become participants in it. And the life of Jesus becomes the model and, and, and the blazing of the path for our life as well. And the key to all of this is an old word. Not candle mass. It's not even srentje. It's the word holy. Holy has gathered so much baggage over the years that we barely use it. We barely dare say it in church anymore because when I say, what does it mean to be holy? Most of the time, our minds will immediately go to all that list of things that you can't do. To be holy means you don't dance and you don't smoke and you don't drink and you don't put on makeup and in some tradition, you don't even go to movies and in a town that I came from before here and there was a whole tradition, you don't even watch TV. Uh, because that's what it means to be holy. It's all that list of things that you, that are, you are restricted from, that it feels rigid, it feels uh, confining, and it squeezes the life out of people. Holy has become a dirty word, and rightly so when it, when it is embodied in that way. But the word holy doesn't mean that. 
It doesn't mean this list of things that you can't do. What it means truly, literally, it means is to be set apart. This pulpit is holy not because it has special juju in it or anything else, but it has been set apart for a special purpose. That's what holy means. It has been set aside for the purposes of God. This sanctuary is holy, not because God lives here in some way that doesn't live out in the courtyard or across the street, but this is a space that has been dedicated, set apart for the use in worship and in the activities of the community for the things of God. It makes it holy. We kind of know that. You have things growing up that were set apart for special use. If you probably had dishes in your house that might have been special dishes. They were there for special occasion. They were not everyday dishes. You didn't bring those things out every day. And, and you would never take them out and play with them in the mud. Not if you were smart. Because if you did, those are special and you don't use them for that. And, and, those are, and there are special silverware and there are special clothes that you wear for special days. You don't go out in your Sunday clothes, your dress-up clothes, and go play out in the mud. There are special things, special places in the house for special purposes. And so when I, in my zeal to get done a project of cutting plywood, used a piano, incredibly poor judgment. That this is not just a piece of wood. This is special. It has special purpose. And I violated that. When it comes to holy in the Bible, when God gets upset, it's because people who are holy, they have been set apart. Things that have been set apart for the purposes of God are being used for common and they're being disregarded. They're being acted as if they have very little value. Nothing gets Jesus more upset when Jesus sees people who are sacred, they are being discarded, they are being oppressed, they are being pushed to the sides. Because holy means that you understand something. You have been set apart for a special purpose. You were created and chosen for the things of God. You were created in love for the things of love. And if we are going to break the cycle of Feeling stuck, I contend that the first thing, the first thing that needs to happen is the change that's in here. And that begins with beginning to see ourselves and reclaiming in its fullest biblical sense of truly what it means to be holy. Holy does not mean a list of things that you can't do. It is a way of talking about who you could be. It is not about restricting who you are, but freeing you up for what you were created to be. It is not a matter of saying no to all these lists of things. It is the one to whom you get to say yes with your whole life. It is about becoming alive and available completely to God and what God is up to in this world. And when that happens, things begin to change in here. And regardless of the season, regardless of what's around us, we begin to change. Yesterday, we did a service, a memorial service for Louise Dudek. And 
the family had sent a passage, so this was the passage that we read on her last day, and it seemed particularly important, and it was out of Colossians, and that passage begins this way, therefore, as God's choice, holy and beloved, you have been set apart, you are loved, you are beloved of God, you have been set apart for the things and the work of love. Do this. This is what it means to be holy. It doesn't mean what you can't do. It means doing things like, well, put on compassion. Choose to be compassionate today. Choose to live into kindness. Choose to live into gentleness and with patience. Choose to, to live into forgiveness and to be tolerant of one another. Choose that. Do those things because that's when you begin to grow into who you and we, I were created to be. And when that happens, things begin to change and they begin to change in us and they begin to change around us here's the word that needs to cut into through all the noise here's the news that needs to find its way into the deepest part of our heart. You when that begins to sink and find its home in the marrow of our souls, then things begin to change. And while we are waiting, for things that have been postponed again and on hold again. While we are waiting for weather to change, while we are waiting for new cycles to change, all of those things, particularly in this time of season, there are all kinds of different things we might do. We can, we can cheer Phil this Wednesday. If we're in Europe, we'll cheer for hedgehogs. I don't... I don't recommend the bear thing, you know. We can light candles. We can throw parties. We can eat crepes. All of that. All that is to reclaim what it means to be holy. Remember To, to break the cycle of our own world as we begin to work on the change within us. And as we do, we are no longer waiting. We are about the business of encouraging one another to become the sign of what is yet to come in Christ. And as such, it is hard to wait, oh God, and there are many things that just rumble in our soul that feel dissatisfied. And, and some of that just comes with being human, being tired, being weary. 
But some of that's more than just what's around us, oh God. It is the discontent that is within us. Help us to become this week even more aware of the discontent within us than we are of the turmoil around us. Because it is there, there that you are trying to do a work. It is there that you are trying to whisper into our soul something new. It is there that you are trying to create something new. As we offer ourselves to you as holy, as chosen, as the beloved. Chosen in love and chosen for the work of love. As we follow in the footsteps of Jesus, as his story more and more becomes ours. It is in his name we pray for this time, for this day, for the challenges of this hour. Amen. Thank you for listening to Voices of Hope. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. Go in peace and have a wonderful week.